Lewis. Look at the big up. Look at the turn. Oh, that was brilliant, Luke Bruce. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. O'Brien, some candy. And then a goal. Lewis runs into the open goal. Thank you very much. The Hawks are back in town. been a while but footy's back Hawks fans we are at long last counting down to round two of the 2020 season the Hawks heading down the highway to the Cattery for the first time in years you better believe we'll be previewing that game as well as the rest of the fixture plus we have a few injury updates to get to and we'll be taking your questions welcome one and all to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast my name is Nick Mason and joining me is a man who is undoubtedly the Michael Jordan of the AFL g'day tis oh jeez Already? (laughs) I was hoping to do more before I got that title. But, okay, I'll I'll go along with it. It's the footy media's insistence to crown someone as the Michael Jordan of the code. I I thought you were as a a good a candidate as any. Oh, that's that's very generous, Nick. Thank you so much. (laughs) Was this seen as my comeback after that hiatus? Uh, Yeah, you're with the Wizards now, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. No worries. (laughs) Now we did have a bit of a layoff there. We had a hot streak of uh, big name guests, and then we had a bit of a break as uh, we both got up to our own stuff in our own lives. And now we're back, back in time for the footy. I'm really excited. I know I had misgivings about it coming back, but nah, stuff it. I'm all into this now. I haven't been this excited for something since Judd Cheller. <laughs> oh Jesus! The catering options at Judd Cheller. Brilliant, first class, gold standard. Just be aware of the chicken wings, though. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, we got that out the way, listeners. So, uh, what do you think about Hawthorne this week? <laughs> uh, it's just all the excitement, isn't it? It's it's so good to have the... Well, it's a monkey off our back, really, isn't it? We've got some certainty about the footy. We've got some certainty in our own lives. And one of those things that we can be certain about is the AFL still has an anti-Hawthorne agenda, Tiz. <laughs> it's not even that conspiratorial thinking to, to even suggest that there's something going on because we've been dealt the harshest fixture like ahead of it being announced these first four games a lot of hawks fans are wondering it's like oh let, let's see what we're up against let's see what we can uh see what we can look forward to i don't think anyone in their wildest imagination could have expected just how hard this draw would be now let's run through it having already faced brisbane this year who i will remind you tis finished in second place in 2019 we have a blockbuster game against a prelim finalist on their home turf. We have to actually travel to the Cattery because Geelong finally got their own way. Then we have to play, oh, look at this, just the Premiers, and that's not a home game. We're playing the MCG, not a home game. No, we get the home game the following week where, you guessed it, Marvel Stadium against a tenant of Marvel Stadium. Of course, it had to be. And just to cap it off, the cherry on top, GWS on their home turf the following week. And let's not forget, although they botched it completely, they were, after all, a grand finalist. How is this possibly fair? And don't forget that GWS get a two-day break on us for that game. They play the Friday night the week before. Absolutely ridiculous. It is a right old ridiculous stitch-up, Tiz. Yeah, well, I can only say that we must have looked absolutely bloody fantastic against Brisbane to deserve this, eh? If you remember, Tiz... It was about halfway during the Brisbane game that the competition was shutting down. 
we, we looked so good, they thought, let's not even bother having a season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I re-watched that game the other day and, uh, you know, it wasn't a superlative performance by Hawthorne. It was a sort of workmanlike performance, but certainly nothing in that spoke to me like Hawthorne could be a threat to the uh, AFL being, you know, a, a competition. Like if they think we're just gonna, they think we're just gonna roll over everybody. This is ridiculous. I mean, but having said that, you get you win two of these games. We're playing finals, and we're coming home with a wet sail because uh, the people were not playing. I mean, do you know what? I just, the, the thing is, I really wish we could have had Geelong in round three. <laughs> Why? Because I think. Their recovery is going to be putrid. <laughs> All these old bodies coming out against Hawthorne, giving the max, still losing, and then the next week... Mate, you want too long after the bye, and this has been the mother of all byes. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. That's right, yeah. But I, I'm still enthusiastic for Carlton playing Geelong the following week and drubbing them. <laughs> <laughs> well, plenty to look forward to. Let's get to one of the issues that I highlighted in that uh, miniature rant there. We heard from one of our listeners, JM, at Hawk Talk Pod. Why are we playing our one home game in this patch of matches at Marvel Stadium against a Marvel Stadium team? Surely the schedule could be set up to accommodate an MCG match against the Ruse. It's hard not to feel the initial four-week draw hasn't been favourable. Every cloud has a silver lining, and the silver lining is we don't have to go. <laughs> That's right, we don't have to be at Marvel Stadium. I don't have to see any North fans, Tears. Not even watching at home. Footy's back, who cares? We're going to play anyone, we play... You know, the the Hawthorne players have a better attitude than we do. <laughs> I'm just putting it on, mate. You gotta know that. We're I'm... just we're just whinging about some of these fixtures. We're gonna have to play these teams anyway, but there are some teams that do seem to get the benefit of the doubt, and that's the problem. It's not that we have a hard draw, it's that other teams have the rub of the green? No, well it's more Charlie and the chocolate factory. What do they call it? A golden ticket. Oh, the golden ticket. Yeah. Some of them get the golden ticket. Geelong's like sleepy Grandpa Joe, just jumping out of bed <laughs> at the first sign of any success or luck. It's like, oh, you mean we get to play at our home ground basically always and have the best draw in the comp? Oh, brilliant. We're back, baby. Well, it turns out that um, they're going to be playing in Western Australia much earlier than we thought. So this Brisbane hub isn't going to eventuate for too long. And they'll have crowds in South Australia for the showdown this weekend. Yeah, but have you seen the crowds in South Australia, mate? Not worth it. Sorry, they're going to have a throng (laughs) at the footy. (laughs) We're talking about the kinds of fans that antagonised Clarko. They're just not worth your time, mate. I did enjoy a Port Adelaide supporter. God knows how he got the temerity, but he wrote... Will there be a scheme to allow for Port Adelaide supporters to enter the ground at three-quarter time in lieu of the leaving Adelaide supporters? (laughs) (laughs) I stress he didn't use in lieu in the tweet, but... Uh... You know what, Tiz? I don't imagine he did. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other bloke came back with a swipe over the tarps, which is just terrific. It's real South Australian. That's uh, that's footy right there. So what are you really looking forward to? Is it Because there's no raw. There's no... Do you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Warple staring down that Geelong midfield and going, you blokes didn't pick me. Watch this. Watch this. Because, got to remember, he was under their noses. He was a co-captain at Geelong Falcons, and uh, they overlooked him. I'm very much looking forward to my favourite game show of which Geelong player will Warple embarrass this time? Spin the wheel! 
<laughs> he's done Ablett. He's done Selwood. Danger. Danger's next, mate. Danger's in the crosshairs. So come on, what's going to bring you to the telly on Friday night? Or have you got other plans? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's a real clash for me. Uh, I've really had something penciled in for June 12th for many months, and uh, I, I can't make it to the TV, mate. No, I, what I'm looking forward to is uh, this is really sappy. It's the reason I won't be live-tweeting the game on this rare occasion. I'm just looking forward to sitting down with family, my Hawks-supporting family, and watching it, just like always. Whether it's at the game or it's in front of the TV... It's just the reinstitution of this thing that I've dearly missed. Isn't that lovely? I mean, most people have had a gutful of their family at this point, but Nick... (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I'm really looking forward to the season. You know, I know I had a whinge at the top about the fixture, but the overriding feeling for me is I'm just excited. And and I do look at the fixture, I'm like, what a brilliant challenge Hawthorne's got ahead of them. I mean, we had a question here from Alex at Hawk Talk Pod. Considering our tough draw, what's a pass mark in terms of our win-loss ratio after round five? What do you reckon, Tiz? I think you've got to pencil in a win against North, don't you? They seem to have a few, a few injuries down there. Yes, yeah, in the news today especially. After the Geelong game, I think it's going to come down to just which players, which playing group had the maturity to actually stay fit over the break. Well, I've seen James Sicily playing a lot of Call of Duty, so I don't know <laughs> don't know what's happened with him. There's some teams that are going to come out of the blocks. Like, I've been watching a bit of the rugby and, and some of the um, Bundesliga, which is the German soccer league, and uh, there are just a few teams that knew what they were doing when they got back, and there are other teams that were adjusting on the fly and getting absolutely pumped. So as long as we're not getting pumped, and I don't think we will be, Clark goes a no, little bit. I, I back our boys in on an administrative level especially. We're, we're a good club. I don't think that's going to happen, and especially not against Geelong. Well, there was a lot of individual responsibility there. I've read that Connor Nash has come back in terrific form. Like the musculature is unbelievable on the boy. <laughs> All right, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think he was impressed being left out for round one And I doubt that he makes the team this week No, I don't think he does Having looked at the replay and, and what a good dynamic the forward line has But uh, and, and that sort of throws up uh, Mitch Lewis um, Where have we got him coming into Friday night But you've got to remember that we really, really try and expose Geelong in the ruck And uh, as long as the weather's in our favour I think we're a very good chance to run away with this. I'm happy to pencil in Geelong uh, pretty confidently as a win. I think we can get the job done. Richmond will be interesting. North, I expect to win. GWS on their home turf, it's a bit more dicey. I'd say, in, in terms of Alex's question, where are we with our win-loss ratio after round five? I think if we're sitting 3-2, three, three wins, two losses, that's a pretty good result. And I dare say we can do even better than that. We've sort of got form around Collingwood, really. Collingwood play Richmond before we do, and they also play GWS before we do. So if, if Collingwood are um, playing a good brand of footy, we'll get a good look at these sides. Absolutely. Uh, now, I've, I've taken us far from the actual game that we should be concentrating on. Hawthorne versus Geelong at GMHBA Stadium down the highway, Friday, 7.50pm. Uh, Alistair Clarkson has flagged stability in the team selection for this round, saying we'll pretty much run out with the side we played against Brisbane. Do you reckon that's true? Do you reckon he's just, you know, sort of... Going, hey, Scotty, look, we're just going to do the same thing, mate. <laughs> you know, that worked, so we're going to do that again. Uh, you know, James Cousins, he's meant to be the whisper out of Fox footy. What's that about? Is that because 
Jager's not getting up, or essentially, yeah, it's Fox Footy just um, having a stab. Oh, I shouldn't say that talking oh. about any Geelong game. Wow. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm happy to wear it if it's anything to do with Stephen's mental health. Obviously, I'm going to back down, and I will not be making any more jokes about that. However, I have a sneaky suspicion, Tiz. It's nothing to do with that, and the fact that we still, the fact that we still don't know the story, speaks volumes. The fact that it got okayed by the um, AFL investigation. Raises more questions. Well, what were they investigating? Were they investigating COVID breaches or stuff like that? What were they doing? I believe they were investigating the investigation <laughs> by the police. <laughs> okay, all right. Is, is, is that how that works? It's probably not self-harm, right? I think it's on record that it wasn't. So, who stabbed him and why? Just wait for Dwayne to make a sort of flirting reference to it and everyone else in the box goes silent as they hit mute. That's got blood dripping off it. Oh, no. I'm just saying someone <laughs> stabbed him, and I'd like to know why. Wouldn't you like to know why? And I bet it's not to do with his headspace. He's done something to make someone stab him. The part of me that, that cares about it is the part that says, is he playing Friday night? Of course he's not playing Friday night. That would be insane. Well, how come Joel Selwood comes out and says, oh, he's not out of it yet? They're idiots down there. That's all there is to... What Occam's razor? The simplest explanation fits, mate. They're just ludicrous. Uh, anyway, so Jager's under an injury cloud and uh, we saw CJ go down with a hammy in the uh, Pracky match. Hardwick's nearly available. He's a test, isn't he? Hardwick's a test. I don't think there's many changes. I don't think um, Clarko's about to be that bold to make many wholesale changes to this side. Why would you? You're on the side of caution, surely. It's an interesting thing. What would you, what type of side would you pick? Do you pick a young side due to the changes in the rules? You know, the shorter quarters. You want to um, be one hundred percent for most of the time, or do you just want a cool head? Do you want those guys that are going to make the most out of situations? Because they're basically there won't be as many situations uh, for attack. There's a young guy by the name of Sean Burgoyne who, in round one, I feel really impressed. Yeah, him moving forward was um, <laughs> was nice. You've had that pegged for a long time. <laughs> He's a natural. He's an absolute natural. And he has so much time, even in the forward line, it just beggars belief. Now, if Wingard can turn up like he did in round one, I will be astonished. That would be amazing, yes. He was in fine form against Brisbane. And uh, Patton, if he can you know, make good on the promise of the preseason, because I feel for that guy, he's had an interrupted run and he, he looked magnificent coming into that round one game. Are we playing the Twin Towers? I'd love to see Patton and Lewis. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think he's going to do that down there. It can get pretty greasy at night. So I'm not sure. They'll probably play a Twin Ruck though and uh, have one resting forward. You mentioned CJ before. I just did want to touch on that. Uh, hurt his hamstring. Uh, physical performance manager Luke Boyd is reporting a case of hamstring overload. I assume he's still got just the two. Uh, <laughs> they'll take a cautious approach, uh, reintroducing him to ball work in a fortnight. So it's a bad setback for CJ. Um, he's one of the guys I'm more excited to see in this season. Now that we have footy back, but it's going to have to wait just a little bit longer. How about this guy, though? Jarman Impey, available mid-July, it looks like. Yeah, terrific uh, result for the club there. He's... Um... Looking at it, uh, I think Morrison is uh, playing his role in the half-back line at the moment. And uh, if Impey comes back, it just makes our team that much more secure because uh, he can take marks going back with a fly to the ball. Great intercept mark. 
And also, um, he actually locks down opponents pretty well as well, also. You'd have to say that Harry Morrison's probably still feel, feeling the pressure for his spot. Not right now, but it's far from secure. Well, he would be. And also, um, it's, it'll be a problem on Friday night, the small forwards, without Hardwick and Impey there. I mean, they've had a little bit of time to um, adjust for it, but they're the threat. I think Hawkins will probably be well held, but um, yeah, it'll be the... It'll be the young small forwards that we'll be concerned about. All right, Nick. Now, remember, it's a Friday night. You say that uh, in response to my Mason's multi aspirations, is that it? I do. And also, uh, don't get too caught up in round one, right? We were pretty good. We weren't that good. Brisbane were probably a lesser side than in that second half. I don't know what happened to them, but they seemed to fall away. So Hawthorne are top class. And they're going to start slowly. This is what our listeners really have been hanging out to hear, by the way. Well, you just got to you just got to pitch it a bit lower because if they come out flying, fantastic, like they did in round one, I'll be wrapped. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. Th- I think at, at the Geelong ground they're going to be cautious. It's a it's a different shaped oval. Um, they're just going to try to work themselves into the atmosphere or non atmosphere, and and then sort of back themselves in to beat Geelong. Um, it's generally how they do it. Uh, so what I want to ask you is, are we going to win? Are we going to put one over the Cats down there again, like we did last time? I do kind of get amused at this idea of, well, the last time we played down there was, what was it, 2006? Yeah, okay, fine, but we're talking about almost an entirely different club. Like, not, not just the players, but surely the admin's been overhauled and... It's just been that long that I don't think delving into the history books is going to do anything here. Um, are we any good at playing J- JMHBA? Well, we're about to find out. I have no idea. Just like everything else with this season restart is, I have no idea. It's hard to predict. I like what I saw in round one, and like you, I'm trying not to get carried away with it. I still think we can win, and I think it's going to be hilarious when we do, because Geelong wanted this. They desperately wanted more home games and they wanted to play Hawthorne on their home turf. And now it's going to happen and now they're going to lose and it's going to be hilarious. Certainly good to dust the cobwebs off the USB mics, Tiz, and uh, I think the listeners have missed us after a a pretty hot streak of big-name guests. I mean, who'd we have? Xavier Ellis, Liam Shields. did a Golden Years crossover podcast. Gary Bacanara, Tony Wilson. It's been a big year, given that there's been no football. <laughs> yeah, it felt good. Um, we were very worried about what we were going to do with ourselves for a little while there, but the boys came through for us. And we're on a bit of a roll now. If you've been loving this podcast, jump on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review there. We're going to get to some reviews just at the end of the show, so hang out for that. Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. We're excited to have passed the 2,000 follower milestone. You can also join us over on Facebook as we build the community there, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod, and Patreon as well. We're going to have a bonus episode for you this week. So now is a good time to jump on board. Subscribe and support the show. Any amount, any tier really, but the $5 tier will get you all those bonus episodes, including the one, again, this week it drops. So get on board, patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. You think these are fun? Wait for the bonus ones. Oh, my goodness. It's like a roller coaster, isn't it, Nick? As we took a bit of a breath between uh, the main show and the ad break here, just compose ourselves. I did remark on how loose this particular episode has been. (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, just strap yourselves in for the bonus one. I think it's going to get interesting. Yeah, I'll record that one from the newly opened pub, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Hawthorne's latest appearance for the MND? I did. What do you think of Smithy trying to be uh, come over all Kenneth? That was uh, that was an excellent skit from uh, Tom and Isaac. I loved that. That was so good. And Isaac Smith's Jeff Kennett impression is <laughs> that was very amusing. Yes, it's good enough to be amusing and not great enough to be offensive to Jeff. I think <laughs> he walks the line well. Yeah, that is tightrope stuff. <laughs> and he did look bloody cold when he finally went in, didn't he? Some of them looked oh. a bit like, oh, that I don't know if that's so bad. Not ours though. <laughs> Isaac Smith <laughs> looked awful. Uh, it's a great cause though, isn't it? And I'm, I'm glad they found a way to incorporate it into this season. Absolutely. I've been going to my local supermarket. They've got the uh, Fight M&D beanies there for sale. So it's nice to have um, that little bit of footy spirit alive as as the season begins to get itself together as, as we head to the restart. Yeah, the media's been going wild over this period, haven't they? They just, without much to talk about, we've had lists and lists and a cavalcade of unsubstantiated opinions. Um Thank you, Kane. My personal stoush with Eddie Maguire still going, of course. Yeah, you were way down the list. I never thought he'd get to you, but he finally got there. It's just been that long, mate. Like, he's had, he's run out of people to argue with, and now he's going after me. Well, I'll see him in court. He'll make his stouches into a TV show. <laughs> now, seeing his shtick is so good, he's going to America. One of the most racially insensitive people you could possibly think to be involved in football heading to America right now. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving right along, it will be good to have the product in America, won't it? I mean, they won't be having any sport for a while there. So uh, this will be beamed directly in. It'll be good for the game, yeah. I just... Um, did it have to be him? Did he have to be involved in it? There's just there's a lot going on right now, and I don't think Eddie Maguire should be front and centre repping our game. I'm just going to put that out there. Oh, he's a good rep. He's a good rep for the game, but yeah, you're right. He is a bit. Uh... I just don't know about his track record. Tis there's a lot of collateral damage when Eddie's involved. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, I think that says it all. Uh, speaking of all this stuff, uh, I think Chad Wingard is right to withdraw from any non-contractually obligated media appearances because lately it just hasn't been that great on a number of levels whether it's football or race relations, it, it, he's right not to take part. Uh, he publicly declared about a week ago he'll be no longer doing interviews with mainstream media after becoming dissatisfied with the coverage of George Floyd protests across the US. You may have heard of it, Tiz. Uh, Wingard took to social media on Monday evening declaring he would temporarily ban himself from doing non-contractually obligated interviews, vowing to use his own platform more extensively. And it's good to see that the club got behind this too, Tiz. So what is his point here? Was he? Did he feel that he was speaking to people that were misrepresenting him or that were misrepresenting the situation in the US? Like he was directly involved with reporters who were doing that? I don't... Because I know that he went and did an interview on another on another podcast immediately after this. I think he's looking at how the situation in America was being covered and uh, how it relates to our issues here in Australia. And he was dissatisfied with the way that the media was tackling them. Um, so he's just gone, nah, screw this. I don't, <laughs> not, not a huge fan of the mainstream media, so I'll only be doing what I'm contractually obligated to, which is his right. That's fair enough. Yeah, I 
I don't really take much out of that, but I do like the fact that he gets on the front foot and wants to get on the record about it uh, himself. Um, I think that uh, he didn't... I see it as uh, him wanting to control how he is viewed and not through, you know, uh, being interviewed, what do you think of this? And then them saying, Wingard thought this. No, he wants to be the bloke that puts it puts it out there in his own voice. And I think that's a good way to control it for his for himself. Yeah, it's taking control of his activism. And he very much has done that in the week that's followed. He's um, very vocal on social media about everything that's happening in the world. And he has an important message that he doesn't want to be... He doesn't want it to be lost in translation or scrambled or... Or diluted. Yeah, or, or like one random sentence that he happens to say sort of plucked and taken out of context and he's just very mindful of that and look after what we've seen in the in the months of this uh second off season if you like it does not take much for something to suddenly be a headline that's true and and for something to be clickbait so and that's just talking about footy mate let alone stuff that like really really matters and i'm talking about racism whether it whether it's to do with football or just in general society he's seen the trends that happens in the media with stuff that's reported and he's like nah i've had enough of this and uh, i don't blame him yeah a lot of them cop cop abuse like nick nan knew he's all over the uh all over anything happening to other players isn't he he really calls out i think that's good yeah you know this trolling thing i've never really understood that and i think it only makes that kind of stuff worse doesn't it like if you call out the troll then you're basically inciting the troll to do it further is that how that works? Because that's basically what they're there for. That's their, that's their feedback loop. I find it very difficult to... Oh, I'm sure most people find it difficult. How do you handle that kind of crap? It's tough because I have no real personal insight into you know what makes a person behave in those ways. Because I, I don't, and I would hate to be that person. So I don't know. I don't know the best way to tackle them. But what I do know is that it's been really good in the past week. With It's not just been Wingard. I mean, Franklin's had a bit to say. Uh, Brad Hill came out for the Saints, and he, he was front and centre of the of the coverage and sticking up for Wingard as well. And Natanui, as you say, is always vocal. I think it's a good thing that they do that. I, I think it's really good. I think it's a little bit rich of, uh, say, someone like uh, Kane Corns to not admonish um, Chad Wingard I don't think that's particularly the right word but to go on footy classified and say like oh, I'm not sure if like limiting his media appearances was the best way to do this well invite him on the show mate if you want to give him the platform you've got one <laughs> you know you can you can make this work and what about the Hawthorne supporters who think like he's a footballer just football first and then well pleasingly I haven't seen too much of that um, I, I think people are capable of holding different opinions and, and different frames of mind at the same time <laughs> right aren't we willing to say that you can play football and also be an activist that's all right do you think it'll um motivate him more i think it will i think it'll be great for him i think uh, he, when he was at port adelaide he was a very unfocused person and i think hawthorne have made him focus on football and as part of that he's focused on who he is himself I think this is just a demonstration of that. What I'd say is it puts a bit of fire in the belly. I mean, obviously, it's a, for a very um, disturbing and disappointing reason that the fire in the belly should be there at all. But um, for anyone who's concerned about whether it interferes with his football, I don't know. I, I think it actually goes the opposite way. 
in all these things, these conflagrations, you have to take the best of humanity out of it. And I think this is an example of of some of the best that can come from it, a, a leader being discovered or putting his hand up and saying, here I am. Yeah, I really, I really like that aspect of it. Uh, Clarkson has backed Wingard's stance, saying, we want to make sure that certainly AFL football is a place where all race and religion, no matter what, can come here and be comfortable in this environment. Pretty hard to sort of... Um... Stand against that, I would have thought. Well, yeah, you'd be surprised, mate. It, it seems like a an admirable goal that we're all working towards, except for some of us. <laughs> it's it still uh, amazes me that, that that people could have a disconnect from that as an aspiration. From one dynamic player we've currently got at the club to another dynamic player who left the club, and to me, <clears throat> I always remember John Hay running down David King running into goal with a few seconds to spare. But um, to me, it was always, whatever happened to John Hay? I remember walking past him in Glenferry Road when he'd signed on for North Melbourne. And he was a giant of a man. Still had the physique and everything, but you could tell there was, he wasn't um, present. He wasn't present in the moment. And, um, yeah, and then after that, he sort of just faded from public life. And, and it seems that he's sort of lifted the lid on all the stuff that went on in order to uh, generate some interest in a charity he's running. Is that that's how it, how it works? Because he's a very private man now after his stalker happened. I mean, that was just ridiculously bad luck. I was going to say it is. He has plenty to be private about. It's a hell of a story. Uh, when he chatted to Herald Sun reporter John Ralph, he opened up on his secret drug addiction that ran parallel to his playing career and essentially crippled his post-footy life. He uh, would raid Hawthorne's medical cabinet and basically just help himself to whatever he felt like, which is um, a pretty astonishing admission. It takes enormous courage to step forward and say something like that. Does it? I don't think he's going to be pulled up for that now. It's just that he's he's being honest with himself and he doesn't need to be honest with us. I mean, we're invited to, to hear all this by him. But it, it, it speaks to me of, you know, he's finally decided to clean up his act and for his children, it seems. It's not so much courage in light of the consequences that could rain down upon him from the, fo- from the football club or anyone else. It's just owning what was a dark past for him, a dark segment of his life that he really grappled with. He turned to drugs to help deal with not only the pressures of footy, but as you hinted at, he had the, he had a stalker for five years. Well, he worked with police, because, and the laws at the time didn't... didn't um, well, they, they, what's the word? They weren't, they weren't designed to be able to protect you from stalkers, were they? They just didn't have that part of them written into the legislature. Which is incredible to think, considering some of the things that have been documented in this chat with John Ralph, the, the fact that the stalker would stare through Hayes' windows at 4am and uh, send anonymous men sourced from uh, gay websites to his house. Just absolutely audacious things. That This was someone that Hay met. He also lived in Hayes Street and they just started conversing one day and he thought it was a friend and then... It, then it just became this awful stalking relationship. It's um, it's hard to make friends at the best of times, Nick, without this crap going on. <laughs> That's right. It puts into perspective those times at the at the footy where, like, I remember being frustrated with some of John Hayes' performances, and now it's like, geez, okay, 
no wonder he was a bit off some days because he had more than enough going on in his personal life. Well, I mean, he wouldn't only be recovering from footy, he'd be recovering from the drugs he was taking as well. So he's not helping himself, of course. But I think you get locked into a certain pattern. I mean, this is a pattern that dates back to 2001 when he was having uh, issues with his knees. That's where it all started for John Hay. and He got addicted, yeah. He'd get addicted to sleeping tablets and Valium and then he'd go doctor shopping in the name of acquiring endone, morphine and even more Valium. And on the weekends, he got cocaine and ecstasy going on. There's just... So I think it is enormously courageous to, to talk about this stuff. Um, and I would say that the, the most positive thing is that he's here and he's able to, tears to be frank. I mean, you know, to come out of the other side of it it's huge and good on him. As a young bloke, I hadn't um, been to the 91 grand final and uh, the two the early 2000s were some of the best footy I'd seen Hawthorne play. And Hay was a terrific player. And in that same period, we lost Hay, Crode and, and Thompson. They all left the club. And I thought, you know, what is wrong with this? What is wrong with this club? And uh, to hear... To hear what was happening with John Hay, I mean, it's some of it speaks to me of some of this could be could have been repaired by the club. I think they could have stepped in, especially with that stalker. But uh, you know, it's all hindsight, isn't it? And you don't know how honest he was with the club. That kind of thing. I mean, it obviously appears like he wasn't at all honest with the medical cabinet rating, which would probably be why they turfed him out on his ass and tried to get the highest pick they could for him. I think it's pretty apparent that he wasn't particularly honest with North Melbourne. Well, neither were we. <laughs> That's true enough. So John Hay becomes one of the great cautionary tales for young footballers. I think it's important that it's a tale that I'd like to say has wrapped. I mean, he's come out the other side of it. Um, of course, famously, we have another AFL footballer, or a past great of the game, whose story has not wrapped. He's still in the midst of it. And that's Ben Cousins. And I think it's important that Aussie Rules has a notable figure that had his troubles and was able to do something about it. Anyway, it was good to get some eyes on what happened to John Hay, and I'm glad he's doing better than he was. Yeah, absolutely. I know I wondered. I, I wondered for a long time what happened to him, and it's good to check in. Uh, speaking of checking in, Tiz, uh, some miscellaneous questions, but with a twist this time. We've gone all talk back radio. It's hawk talk back radio. <laughs> yeah, you like that? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you've obviously seen a gap in the market. Alan Jones is gone. Here's Nick. I don't want to be anything like Alan Jones. Thank you very much. <laughs> you can't jump over his bank account. Perhaps a little like him. I'll take his gold mic. No, that's the other fellow, isn't it? Isn't that John Laws? Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, bloody hell. Jeez, they're all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, Alan didn't sing uh, dreadful uh, country songs So you're all good there, Nick I've been known to have a bit of a sing on this podcast Yes, you have <laughs> Have you got the ukulele handy? Nah, no ukulele this week No gold mic then <laughs> Oh, really? It's as simple as that I'll get it yet, don't you worry about that, Tiz But uh, for now we're going to hear from uh, some of the listeners Who we invited to uh, record their questions and we're going to have ourselves a bit of a talkback segment. First up, we heard from Brent, who wanted to ask about the four games that have been announced so far. G'day, boys. Out of the four games that we have been fixtured, which one would you want to go and see live in person the most? I think we should nominate each other. Nick would definitely not want to miss 
The North Melbourne game. Oh, how'd you know? You hate him so much, and it looks like the easiest fixture. And as you know, my preferred mode of watching Hawthorne North games is with no North fans being there. Yeah, and 6pm on a Sunday night, bonus. Yeah, that's prime time. That's my favourite time slot. (laughs) We've graduated from 3.20 and we've gone to, what was it, 6pm. That and the special salt, and you are sweet. The secret salt. Oh, I'll I'll crack the code one day. The recipe will be mine. Oh, yes, it will be. Well, I reckon like it was pretty cold today, right? I think I got up and it was minus three or something. And uh, I'm thinking... We could have another snow game. Oh, really? GWS, that would be my pick. Oh, wow, okay. Very good, very good. We, we do have to make amends and get up to a GWS game. Yeah, not for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for a while. We'll make it happen eventually. Uh, there you go, Brent. That is asked and answered. We move on to Al, who uh, has also got a bit of a question about the fixture. Hey Nick, hey Tiz, it's Al here. As you guys know, I've been following you since day one of your podcast and I'm a massive fan. But anyway, moving on to 2020, do you think the fixture so far has really given us a bit of a whack? Um, It looks like we've been stitched up at first glance, but I guess another way to look at it is that with only facing each opponent once this season, it sets us up for a pretty good run home uh what are your thoughts yeah Al, look it's pretty bad it's a pretty bad fixture <laughs> there's no way of getting around that but it is as, as you point out it's an opportunity and uh i think you know the thing that hawks fans are clinging on to is the fact that if we've got all this adversity first up probably means that we're coasting home but i mean who can read this season though that's that's what i grapple with the fact that predictions are just so hard to make after what is a very unusual set of circumstances. Oh, it'll be good fun. We'll have Essendon into Carlton, into Melbourne, into Gold Coast on the way home. Be great. If we do well at this first hurdle, or the first four hurdles, then uh, I reckon we're looking pretty good. So that that's something to hold on to. It's exciting. Who do you reckon finishes bottom? Ooh, that is a tough question I have not considered until you posed it just then. Because Gold Coast are getting a lot of home games. I don't think Gold Coast are going to end up bottom. I don't think they are. Someone's getting sacked. (laughs) (laughs) Does it... Hang on. They've already told told Ken Hinckley that, you know, he's safe. I know. I'm saying hold your horses. I don't think anyone can be sacked in this time, right? No coach is going to be judged against... Yeah. Have you actually... Like met the football media? <laughs> you think it's going to be trial by media yet again? Yeah, absolutely. And also, Ross Lyons looking looking out for a job too. Don't forget that. I think he's. I think he has definitely had enough of the media. <laughs> Just by his general general demeanour on camera, Ross has had enough. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Ross is too happy for Footy Classified. <laughs> Ross Lyon is too wholesome for footy classified. He just, it's kind of like when Brendan Bolton went to the Blues. Don't ruin him. Don't ruin him. Keep Ross as Ross. For the love of God, keep Ross Lyon as himself. And how close are we to being premiers, Nick? Uh, It really, it really does depend on the thing that Al touched upon. It does depend on these first four rounds, or should I say the the next four rounds, because we've already had one. Um, so easy to forget, Tiz, that this is the season restart and not just the season beginning again. Um, 
it, yeah, it depends on how we go. We're up against teams that are, are slated to be some of the best in the comp, and we have to run on the assumption that they'll continue to be when the season restarts. And if we get through that, if we if we bank some wins, then uh, well, we're a good shot all of a sudden. And who would you pick if you couldn't pick Hawthorne? Um, I don't think Richmond will go back to back. Look, I really don't know. I there's no weight to any of these predictions, so I might as well just say anyone. I reckon the Giants are a good shot. Yeah, I think I think you're right. They they have a huge bugbear about this. Anyway, we move on to an audio question from Tiff, who wants to talk about media bias. Have you ever noticed when you're watching a really good game of football? that the commentators just seem to not want Hawthorne to get that goal or get that mark or reach that ball. I know I sure have. And now with this fixture that's come out, I'm really feeling the pinch. Do you feel that in the future there's a market for commentary with Hawthorne being the commentator's preferred team? I know I'd be more than happy to pay for that. There is a market for commentary with Hawthorne being the commentator's preferred team. Us, the Hawk Talk podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, over the weekend I was watching a game. You know the uh, the 1988 Premiership. Sure, I've heard of it. How, how they have that bloke at the end hold up suffer demons. Now I think, and Bucky said this when he was on the pod. He said that's the best team I've played in. I think we should definitely dub that grand final. Yeah, we've already done. Uh, well, it was. A pretty random choice, I guess. A home and away game against Geelong. I reckon we should call it. I reckon we should call the whole game. Apart from the Melbourne players, who I don't know or recognise. Uh, are you an experienced caller, Tiz? Not at all. <laughs> It'll t- be probably totally unlistenable. But who cares? Well, we've certainly got time these days, don't we? And I think it's 76 or 78. The uh, the commentary's out of, out of sync with the action for like 20 minutes. A whole quarter. It just absolutely killed me. Well, there you go. There's the one that we need to fix up. <laughs> uh, look, I, I take Tiff's point that um, sometimes it can see that commentary is not particularly overjoyed at Hawthorne's success. That was out of bounds. That was out of bounds. <laughs> one such example. Come on, umpire. Intervene. They're not winning this one. You know what was interesting is the fact that um, away from this podcast, and I flagged this on our social media channels, um, my job is to caption stuff. And uh, I had the pleasure of captioning and going through with a fine-tooth comb the 2013 prelim, the famous win over Geelong that broke the so-called curse. And uh, I'm going to say, Tiz, that last quarter, I'm not sure anyone backs Hawthorne in. They're pretty convinced that Geelong's going to get the job done. Fair enough, too. They were up by bloody three goals at quarter time. But I mean, right to the final siren. I could do with a bit more praise for the winning team, to be honest. Yeah, it does seem that other teams get overpraised, doesn't it? Like Richmond. Oh, my goodness. Do all other opposition supporters think that, though? Probably. Maybe it is like just inherent bias on our part coming through that we think that we're victimised and hard done by as a club. But I don't know. I'm just saying that 2013 call, I, I would have liked it to have hyped up Hawthorne a little more than it did. But remember when we beat GWS up there and they're still talking about GWS halfway through the game, how good they were going to be. We beat some good teams last year too. We did. I can't wait to see what we produce. Anyway, we'll move on to uh, our final audio question from Carlo who wants to ask about fitness. 
It is well documented that we have one of the older lists in the AFL at Hawthorne. Does the season being on hold, which is in essence a second off-season, give us an advantage or a disadvantage for the rest of the year? Are there any players that you feel will benefit from the extended break or perhaps make it harder for them to stay fit? And also, how does the extended break, if anything, change Clarko's tapering of our fitness? For example, we know that over the past couple of se- or past few seasons that uh, he normally likes to cruise through to the buy round and then he really steps up um, our training after that. Has the halting of the season or is the halting of the season going to uh, impact on Clarko's tactics in that regard? Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts. Well, I can certainly think of some of the ways that it's um, benefited us to have this break. I mean, Hardwick being a test is a luxury. Who would have thought he'd be right for round two, eh, Tiz? Well, exactly. But I think Carlo's right in suggesting that a few of the bigger blokes, their tanks are going to suffer. Like I'd imagine McAvoy, Segler, the Rucks. Without without the workload, they'll... Uh... Yes, McAvoy was top of my list of concerns with that one. What's he, 31 now? So got to look out for him. Yeah, but also Frawley in the back line. I mean, uh, all, all that power through those muscles. If you're not warmed up and you're not ready to go, you know, it's, it's, it'll take them longer to recover, that kind of thing. So um... I low-key love that Burgoyne hasn't been mentioned yet. <laughs> well, he just doesn't have that, that physicality, Burgers. True. You know, he's just a, he's a smaller, and he's a bloke that knows how to get this done. It's it's, it's almost an art to just do enough. Do you know what I mean? I do, I do. Uh, just do enough. Don't overexert yourself. It's kind of like what they said to Cyril. Yes. You know, go seventy five percent of the pace. You'll still be quicker than most. <laughs> and that's you do have to have that softly, softly approach. I think because. Um, you have to let your body work into this. In terms of team selection, we're going to have Hardwick back, uh, whether it's this week or the following week. He will return. Uh, Mitch Lewis, of course, is available now if we want to pick him. Uh, Puopolo, who uh, he, he had a jaw injury coming up off round one, which is obviously in the rearview mirror now. That's not a problem. So, you know, you know it's been good. We've been, we've been able to reduce our injury list, as obviously a lot of clubs would have. Well, would you pick, would you pick more quicker players on the outside or... How would you manage this 16-minute quarters and what would you be looking for? Well, I'd be looking for Chad Wingard. I'd be looking for more attacking play, wouldn't you? Because you've got less time to score. That's what I mean. Like, you know, someone like Chad with that explosive X factor that can just go in bursts and really break a game. Yes, but we don't want him to be explosive. We want him to do it at 80%. (laughs) Okay, all right. I get what you mean. But with those shorter quarters, you you get where I'm coming from, right? Yeah, it's fascinating. I I wonder what Clarko will do. I think, Clarko, if I were you, mate, I would start... This would be good. Tears giving Alistair Clarkson advice. This should be great. I would definitely start slowly and tell the boys to work themselves into it and then pencil in one part of the match where you went absolutely 100%, maybe three parts of the match. And I know that great coaches like Clarko have done this for their players because they know their players can't be up the whole time. So they go, Alex Ferguson would go, you know, on the hour mark, we know they're going to be starting to feel fatigue. I want you to really try and stretch the opposition at that point, try to break them. And in that sport where it's one goal means a difference, you know, uh, but in our sport, it's a little bit more, it's a, it's a bit more difficult. You can't break the back as quickly. 
if you know what I mean. I think similarly to you, um, if I were in his shoes, I think one thing that I'd instruct is don't be dismayed or disenchanted if things aren't silky smooth to begin with. It's just probably not going to work that way. Um, if something's not working, if, 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 if you're observing things are rusty or they're not really coming together or clicking the way that you want, that's going to take some time. And as you say, building off what you said, take this portion of the match, maybe if it's second or third quarter, to really just go 100%. Yeah, I, I think I noticed that in the first round where Hawthorne were prepared to just keep the ball going ahead, going in front of them. And uh, Brisbane were looking to execute some perfect plays. And I think they did on occasion. They looked absolutely terrific, but they didn't do it enough. The grift, the, the drive wasn't there. So, um, but I would like to see this. I really want to underline that there should be a stay-at-home forward. Well, we've got one of those, mate. We recruited one. Just to kick long to, really. Got that sorted. Check in the box. That is John Patton. I think he will dob at least three goals. Uh, That's my prediction. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> No need for that. Not putting a dollar on it. What's with the attitude? Are we going to do? Are we going to go through the Mason's multi, mate? Do you want me to read out the fixture? All right, read out the fixture. We'll do Mason's multi. Uh, for anyone not familiar with this, Nick is atrocious at it. <laughs> I think people are familiar with that, even if they don't know what the concept is. They know I've been losing and losing and losing at this game for some time now. No, essentially the uh, the game is that I put a dollar on being able to tip all nine games in a round. Uh, hasn't happened yet. Does not look like happening. So here we go. Usually out Friday night. <laughs> so Thursday evening, the blockbuster, Collingwood, Richmond. Uh, I'm going to tip Collingwood. They haven't selected Jaden Stevenson. So he'll be on the lookout for a new club. <laughs> Just like that. Uh, don't hang around there, mate. Already lost one premiership. Go on. Next game. Well, it's, our, it's us, isn't it? We're the next game. So I'm tipping Geelong because I can't tip Hawthorne on a Friday night. It's just not going to happen. A Friday night curse must be played into. Saturday, Arvo, uh, from 1.45, Brisbane versus the Dockers at the Gabba. Brisbane. Carlton versus Melbourne at Marvel. Uh, Carlton. No, 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 come on. Well, I've got to, I've got to bump the winnings up, mate. I can't pick all the favourites. You just meant to win the bet. Oh, my goodness. This is. I don't want to win the bet and, and win like $20. If I'm going to do this... This is the punter's fallacy. This is The just... other times when I've put a dollar on, I've, been, I've, I've stood to take over a grand worth of winnings. Yeah, but the first rule should be don't lose. That's the, that's the first What are you, Ross Lyon? What are you, Paul <laughs> Ruse? So defensive. Oh my goodness, I feel shamed. Yeah, that cut deep, didn't it? That cut real deep. It did, actually. <laughs> uh, Gold Coast Suns versus West Coast Eagles. West Coast. Uh, Port Adelaide versus Adelaide. Adelaide's a basket case. They're fighting amongst themselves, let alone playing a different team. Apparently that's a good sign. That means they, you know, they're aware that it means something. It means something to the boys. That right there is a Billy stretch. <laughs> <laughs> so Port? Uh, yeah, I'm tipping Port, yeah. Good old dependable Port Adelaide. (laughs) (laughs) GWS versus North Melbourne. Uh, GWS. Sydney versus Essendon in the game of no ruck one. Playing for Danaher's contract. Uh, (laughs) Sydney, I think, will get the job done. Oh, I tell you what. I reckon the Dons get up there. Oh, jeez. St Kilda versus the Dogs. Which is actually, that sounds like a good game to me. Yeah, it should be a good game. Um... Yeah, God, I don't, I don't really know who to pick. 
Uh, I'll go with the dogs. They were putrid in round one, weren't they? God, they were bad. I'm sticking to um, a prediction I made pre-season, which was they were going to be good this year. So I'm stubbornly refusing to let that go. Well done, Robbo. That is exactly the right attitude. (laughs) Oh, no. I called you Paul Roos and you called me Robbo. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Ouch. (laughs) I had that one coming. Anyway, you know, take that compliment where it... Where it should be. And, and, you know, you can go back and just read what it says on Apple Podcasts about us. Well, I'd prefer those compliments, mate, quite frankly. As we get into the social media stuff, just to wrap things up, we, we did have a number of nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. So we want to give these people shout-outs and read them out. We heard from Brett. I thought with no footy, you boys would struggle. Thanks very much, Brett. But with the Bucky and Tony Wilson pods, they were first class. Keep up the great work, boys. Well, there you go. It turned around and it is. Thank you, Brett, for leaving such a nice review. Was that left before the Liam Shields interview? Because uh, It might have been. I'm not sure, actually. Because, yeah, he must be wrapped to be back out there. He was getting pretty antsy about not playing footy when we spoke to him. That's a great interview. I encourage all our listeners to track that one down. Uh, Pandacle. Uh, left a review wow that was excellent Bucky what a champ and insightful so some good praise for the Gary Buccanara episode coming through oh, he was great Bucky nice little walk down memory lane with Gary Buccanara we heard from Wingard on the burst I love the podcast boys and listen each week I had to sign up with Apple to review because you guys have gone from strength to strength with Bucky and Shields keep it up go Hawks see you at M10 well thanks very much Wingard on the burst but um, you won't see us anytime soon unfortunately I can't wait for the day that we're back there, but uh, might be a while yet. And we heard from KH1505. Well done on providing a super podcast for us diehard Hawks fans. The recent direction change of interviewing past players has enhanced the quality of your podcast no end. Keep up the great work. Thanks for those messages, guys. It's, uh, it feels good. At a time that was meant to be, you know, pretty downcast and depressing with no footy on, it's been a lot of fun. And those messages reinforce how much fun people have had listening to it, Tiz. Yeah, it was good to um, drift into the memory bank, pick up where we left off with Shields, and God, he's had an incredible career already. I hope he adds another premiership to the CV this year. Do you reckon they'd get an asterisk tattoo? Or do you reckon it'd be obelisk or something? Oh my God, I was just about to say it! I was just about to say it! <laughs> This podcast has been going, what, like four years now? And it's finally come to this. Jeez. Uh, Anyway, I'm giddy with excitement. You're giddy with something. The Hawks are back (laughs) and we're going to beat these catters. I tell you, it's all over for them. You can follow us on Twitter as well, at HawkTalkPod. Let's get to 3,000 followers. That's our next big milestone. You can head over to Facebook as well. Build that community over on Facebook, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. And if you really want to support the show, if you love what you hear and you want to sling us some coin, Patreon is the place to go. Subscribe and support the show, patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. A new bonus app coming up real soon. Yeah, got some very generous supporters over there. Thank you so much, guys, especially the ones that joined over the over the lull. That was very kind of you. Yeah, that's that's huge. That is the last thing we expected. So uh, obviously it means the world to us. We really appreciate that. Well, mate, any last thoughts? Yeah, something that's been niggling at me, actually. The fact that there's this talk about whether Mitch Lewis can slot back into the lineup. I mean, I know we're playing tall. We've got quite a few tall blokes out there, but he's one of my faves, if not my favourite Hawk right now. I'm just a bit miffed at this talk that he won't make the cut. What is all that nonsense? I tell you what, we've made it hard for ourselves. I mean, we picked Warple when we needed a midfielder. And then we picked Mitch Lewis when we needed a key forward. And um, 
And now we don't need a key forward, and we've picked EJ. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's our he's our new next big thing here on the pod, and uh, you've spotted a flaw in that plan, I think. Yeah, yeah. We should have um, should have picked someone else. Actually, should have uh, planned that one a bit better. <laughs> no, I, I think it'd be terrific. And he looked absolutely magnificent uh, midweek. So I hope he gets rewarded. Obviously, he needs some match fitness. And I think you're getting ahead of yourself. I, you know. Warple's had his day in the sun. He's about to have it again at the expense of Patrick Dangerfield. We know that. All I'm trying to get at is I want to linger a bit longer in this Mitch Lewis space. And to that end, is penned a bit of a tune, actually. You're not pulling my leg here because, you know, we've had tunes in the past, but this is real higher-level fandom, Nick. I don't know whether you're ready for this stratosphere. <laughs> is this a chant? Could we chant this at the ground? It might have chant credentials. It might take off. I couldn't tell you. Of course, it'll be a while before we get to experience that. <laughs> Maybe in your lounge room, listeners, see what you can produce. Uh, but oh, look, I, I just thought that it's the season restart. We've all been waiting a long time for footy to return, and just wanted to produce something a little special for the uh, for the podcast. Hyping up round two. Here is my ode to Mitch Lewis. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. What on earth rhymes with Mitch Lewis? Like this, the fourth, the fifth is alright for.